Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Welcome to Wide Receiver One, a Blue Wire podcast presented by WinBet. I'm your host, Chris Carter, Pro Football Hall of Fame wide receiver. Today, I'm talking to Carolina Panthers legendary wide receiver, Steve Smith Sr. The native of Los Angeles was drafted in the third round by the Carolina Panthers in the 2001 NFL Draft. Smith spent the majority of his rookie season as a kick and punt returner, leading all rookies in net yardage with 1,994 yards. The five-time Pro Bowler would later go on to become an outstanding wide receiver, holding Carolina franchise records and being one of only three players to hold the Triple Crown as a wide receiver. The NFL Network analyst is nominated this year for the class of 2022 Pro Football Hall of Fame. Stay tuned for my interview with Steve Smith Sr. Welcome to Wide Receiver One. A Blue Wire podcast presented by WinBet. I'm your host, Chris Carter, Pro Football Hall of Famer, wide receiver. And one day I'll have a teammate in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, former Carolina Panther, Baltimore Raven, legendary wide receiver, Steve Smith Sr. Steve, a pleasure to get you on the show. Um, you, you have one of the most compelling stories of all the wide receivers that have played uh, the game. You played at a high level. And now you're doing a, a variety of things that uh, I seem very, very interested in. And that one being having a stellar broadcast career and also your foundation, you and your wife and what your family are, are trying to do from a legacy standpoint. So, Steve, <laughs> thank you for joining me. Thank you for taking time. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. You didn't have to do that. But welcome to Wide Receiver One. What's up, brother? How you doing? All good, man. All good. How's the family? Man, they're getting big. Everything's good. Good, good. The first thing I'm going to talk about, um, which I believe will be your longest legacy, and and that's your foundation. Uh, You and your wife, early in your career, uh, you made a commitment um, coming from very, very humble beginnings there in in Los Angeles that you wanted to make an impact on where you were playing. And you were constantly one of the best in the league as far as giving back, not for notoriety, but really trying to do good things. Tell me about your foundation, why you got it started, and currently, what are some of the projects that you're involved in? Because I know your foundation has been challenged with COVID like everyone else. Yeah, man. So first of all, just appreciate it, man. I always love talking to you. Um, 
you know, just good dude, uh, great personality. Um, so, you know, you always keep me on my toes too. And I try to keep you on your toes as well. <laughs> um, but man, yeah. So, um, I think one of the things as I've gotten older, um, and this may not surprise you, but we really kind of switched our focus and live, leaving a legacy is, is, is okay. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but really what we've done with, through the foundation is, um, we're going to leave our imprint in the Charlotte community Mm -hmm. and man, we're we're doing some good things. We started off, you know, just kind of doing like just what the regular young guys do. We're just trying to find our way, trying to figure it out. Right. Giving back, knowing um, too much is given, uh, more is expected mm-hmm. and knew that phrase, understood it, read it, read it, but not really absorbing it and living it completely. And so, you know, just made an impact here and there. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, man, we took it and uh, started really just dev- devoting ourselves on the causes that I've experienced that my mom my family have experienced uh, with domestic violence. Uh, my mom was abused by her husband, which was not my father. So I want to make that very clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, it just is propelled. And we now we're we're into programs and we do programs. So we uh, <clears throat> we're about partnerships. Right. If we can mm-hmm. align and partner with the right people, we don't have to attempt to reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, we have an after school program. Um, that is uh, primarily helping in um, children of homelessness. And so our after school program are kids that are homeless. Right. And we've partnered with a local uh, school out in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. We partner with a organization called Wings and they do our after school program. And we give them five. We give them um, five days a week. We pick them up from after school. Wow. They give them education. We feed them. Uh, we give them hot meals. Um, and then we have a little pantry, just like our kids have is a pantry. You walk up in there and you grab whatever you want. Right. Nice. And so we do that. Um, and then our biggest project that we're announcing actually January 4th, uh, with alongside with all of the community partners, uh, we're doing a, it's called a B huck and a B huck is called behavioral health, urgent care. And it'll be 24 hours, 365 day facility, outpatient, med management, um, all the addictions that you can talk mm-hmm. about, uh, counseling, everything. And so we're uh, we're building a 12,000 square foot facility, uh, one of three that we're committed to here in Charlotte um, to do. And so it'll be our it'll be the first BHUC in the Mecklenburg County. So we're super excited about that. Well, and congratulations. Congratulations that you're able to to break the news um, on my podcast. I do believe that it's really um, under publicized uh, the goodwill um, that professional athletes do. Um, Yeah. You kind of mentioned it before and they always ask us, well, why do you do charity? Why do you do good things? It's because typically when you come from small beginnings, you don't forget. And I remember when you were playing. And that's why I asked you about your foundation and evolving. I knew your wife was instrumental in that. Then you talked about your mom. But I remember when you were playing, bro, you used to sign your cleats and give it to the homeless. And I remember you used to wash people's feet. Yeah. Now away games. Yes. And and that's now you're talking about some amazing stuff. Um, People talk about wide receivers being divas and things like that. Yeah, we are. 
but we're also thoughtful. We're also good teammates. <laughs> we, we also try to leave a mark on the communities that we're a part of. So congratulations to see the evolution from washing people's feet, giving them cleats to really having long-term programs that would change change the systemic um, issues that have been in our communities for a long time. Absolutely. I, I, I think one of the things, you know, sometimes, and, and I've seen it and I know it, sometimes when we have what some people deem as puff pieces, um, it doesn't sit well with people because there is already this stigma. Well, that's what you're supposed to do. You should be giving or, well, you're only doing that because, you know, some reporter likes you and mm. it just doesn't fit the narrative. So sometimes, um, so for me, a lot, a lot of the things that I did do, I stayed away from. Yep. I remember that. The, me- the media, because I did not want people to think I was doing it for the wrong reasons. And now what all these years later, having to do press conferences now because we knew we need to galvanize the community that, mm-hmm. hey, my foundation is is starting off with a dollar amount, but this is also serving your community. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, with this serving your community, it also needs to be um, a place that the community uh, also contributes to. Now I want to go to your playing career. Yeah. Um, legacy off the field, programs off the field, still making an impact on the communities as he's a part of with him and his family. Steve Smith Sr. here, a guest on wide receiver one playing career. Give me some of your favorite teammates and what do you consider to be a good teammate? Hmm. That's, a, that, that's a good one and a bad question for me. <laughs> uh, it really is. It's 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 perplexed to for for me, um, man. Some of the guys, you know, obviously. Well, this is this is the reason why I asked that, Steve. Yeah. Because the one thing I like about you the most, it's how you have the rare ability to play angry, vindictive, and play well. That's how I like to play. But most athletes can't play that way. And then the conversations that you had around playing, it's not bragging if you can do it. Those were the things that endeared me to really watch you. And then I could see, damn, look at that release. Wow. Look at him stay flat across the middle. Man, look how really how tough he is. Not trying to play tough, but real, real tough. So when I ask you that, because I would have liked to play with you, (laughs) like I could have played with you, like I see that, like I understand that, like I get it. And every day, you know, I don't have my fastball. I'd love to have someone on the other side of him like, oh, okay, all right, now it's go time. So that's what that's why I would ask a a, a question. I mean, that's a great it's a great question. And it's. As I've gotten older, you know, and I sit back and look at my career there, you know, I I would say three years ago, there were things I would say I wouldn't I wouldn't change for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and now <clears throat> there's there's a few things I would change. And, you know, for me. Work ethic wise, I was a great teammate. Relationally. I was a horrible teammate. 
And when I say relationally, because like even with training camp on final cuts, I would purposely come late on final cuts because I just didn't want to look in the eyes of some of these young men and some of the older men mm-hmm. who either their career was just starting mm-hmm. or guys who they because of this cut, their careers were ending and seeing those guys when in the locker room and when, you know, when that, when they would come get them and tell them, bring their playbook. And then as I played long enough, it was bring your iPad. And so that just got tough because you could just see guys, right? And you could see the them being defeated in their eyes mm-hmm. and see a, or catch a guy crying. Oh, yeah. On his way to the car to let, you know, to, to let his family know that Charlotte's no longer their home. And I never yeah. had the experience that I never, man, for about, 12, I would say about 12 years, 11 years, man, I never walked in into work going, man, I can get cut today. I actually walked in like, I don't even know if I want to play for these dudes this week, you know? So Mm -hmm. that was extremely difficult to go through. And so for me, I had that tough exterior where emotionally, relationally, man, just, it was transactional, man. Do your job, bro. You just weren't available for Like you just do your job, work hard. If you don't work hard, you'll hear from me. If you did, you, you, you're all right. And so I, you know, over what, 16 years, you know how it is. It's every, every training camp is 12 wide receivers. They're really only, only going to kick, keep five. So some are repeated, but man, we're talking about 10 times 16, man. We're talking about over 160 guys that mm-hmm. I've been in a, I've been in a room with that, that some are repeat, obviously, but man, you can't interact with 160 guys emotionally and then not affect you. And so for me, uh, the way I grew up, I had some tough things happen to me when I was a young kid. So being detached, mm-hmm. being closed off was a very comfortable place for me. I, you know, isolation, as I've gotten older, I, uh Solitude is a great place to visit. It's a horrible place to stay. Talk that, man. And for me, solitude was a place where I felt safe, where I can be myself, where I can mm-hmm. I, I, I could be Stevan and not worry about things. Right. And so I, I, I kept that for a while because it was just. It, it became was what you knew. A, it was it's what, what you I were knew. comfortable with. It was what I was comfortable with. And so. Um, and it got so, it, it was so bad. Like I was like that even at the house, right. Where the mm-hmm. fam is walking on eggshells at time. What is dad upset right. about? Yep. So, I had it. Yep. So for yep. me, man, it was, it was always mad, always a chip, like always ready for like a battle. It, no, not always. Like, man, I hope somebody. That's <laughs> <laughs> comedian said, right? Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, white people go to their seat. Oh, man, I hope no one's in my seat. Black people go to the seat. Man, I hope someone is sitting yeah. in my seat. <laughs> yeah, so, but, um, but, but really, the, I, I, but what's different now is as I'm older, you know, and I do, do media, do television, and then just connecting with guys, I can see guys are kind of like, they tiptoe. How is he? You know, is he still that guy that's ready right. to fight? 
you know, that's ready to 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 beat press coverage on the spot. And so now I have to I have to, you know, really humble myself and come in. And I've had to have some some conversations with guys before I sit down with them and apologize. Mm -hmm. That's 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 growth, man. You're right. I love man. Like, bro, I'm sorry. Respect. Yeah. You know, so it's you know, so I was I was a teammate. I was a teammate that was transactional. I wanted, I, you know, I, I wanted, like, I was that 32-year-old woman. I wanted to be married and have the baby now, mm-hmm. right? I right, wasn't right. I, I wasn't waiting for courtship. Mm-hmm. Like, let's go. And right. um, that rubbed people the wrong way. But um, that was my journey. God wanted me to go through that for a specific reason. And I see it now, and, and it allows me to unpack it every day. I, I, right. I'm chipping away at mm-hmm. some screw-up I had. but. You know, um, I'm here and, and 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 trying to make it right. No, no, I do appreciate it. And there was a reason I asked the question, even beyond I would have liked to play with you. And, you know, I played with a guy a lot like you in Randy Moss. And Randy's made that same transition from I want to be isolated to you know something, the world is not so bad. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to be upset even chris carter man i had my skeletons like i got cut actually in philadelphia steve yeah. oh i, I, I watched I, your, I, I watched yeah. your story bro I, yeah i left that locker room crying and i'm talking yeah. about i was close to those guys so once i went to minnesota i had problems because being close to all those guys what did it get me <laughs> got like so cut. So, yeah. so like I was detached, like I was, I'm going to, I'm going to work on myself because I had a number of things to do um, off the field. I had to work on, but I'm going to work on my game and try to make myself the best player, not the most light player. And until I got like nine, 10 years in the league, did I start to realize, man, I got to start trying to bring some of these young cats along. But the reason why I wanted to talk about that is, is I'm not here to sit here and try to rehash all the 800 catches you had, all your spectacular returns, the year you won the triple crown as a wide receiver. I made the introduction because, man, one day you're going to be wearing a gold jacket. And I know as the conversation comes up, because it's come up about wide receivers and being good and bad teammates. And I want to go on the record to let people know when you're trying to figure out pro football, it's hard to figure out your job and be a great teammate. But Steve Smith Sr. was a great dude. And he was trying to figure out life and trying to figure out family and how to be a star and how to be. I ain't no kick returner, man. I'm a full-fledged wide receiver. How do I do that yeah. spectacularly? And then trying to win football game. It's difficult. So yeah. for me, I wanted to make sure that people know Like, this is what we go through. It's fairly normal. We're imperfect people. And sometimes along in that journey, we were not great teammates, but we were trying our absolute best. Well, here's one of the things I think that we're in a society of right now, which is when we don't we we don't like the behavior, we we feel validated in devaluing the person. Mm. Man, so say that, that again. That's good. Yes. Yeah. When we don't like the behavior, we want to mm-hmm. devalue the person. Right. 
right? And, and that's tough. And, and I think because we've given people the autonomy and whatever it is and beyond football, then it's okay. <clears throat> and so when, when we stay in that place, it's difficult. And so, you know, for me now, you know, I just kind of do my deal and I try to just, you know, work through it. And, but it's like, I'm like, I, I, I kind of, I used to say I played with, I don't care, but now like doing television, I, I care, I care on my craft, but I don't really care to the point where like people are like, Oh, he can't speak. He can't do this. He can't do that. It's like, you're just looking for, you're looking for, if I don't say it, of course, I'm not going to speak like John. And John's not going to speak like me because we're two different individuals. We have two different perspectives, Mm -hmm. you know, like people like to uh, bring up education, all that stuff. And I'm like, you know, whatever. It's 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 hard sometimes when you have a producer ear telling you to rap in 30 seconds. When they told you originally it was a two minute segment. And all of a sudden you got a 30 minute segment. You know, I was supposed to get 45 seconds of that segment. Now I have to, I have to reconfigure all of my words that was going to take me 45 into 25 because now breaking news. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. So, you know, it gets tough, but today is that direct deposit. So I think I'm good. Okay. (laughs) I'm all right. They like me. Hey, no, they like you. No, yeah. no, they do. Like, I talk to people about you. They like you. Like you've, you've come a long, long way. But the thing that I like is back to what you were talking about five minutes ago is, man, you working on yourself. Like, yeah. like you, you like, I'm trying to work on the other routes in the route tree yeah. that I haven't perfected right now. And not only as a broadcaster, but as a man, yes, sir. you know, as a father. As a mentor, as one of the greatest people that have ever played this game. That's the thing that that I try to tell people, man, as you age, grow, man. Yeah. Stop. Stop telling me, oh, this is me. No, 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 no. It don't have to continue. And that's what I love to see about you when I see you on TV and everything. First couple of years on TV, Steve Smith Sr., the pit bull. Today, oh, he sometimes he's a white Pomeranian. Nothing. <laughs> sometimes he's a golden retriever. Like I see that, and I see that growth, and 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 I see how important it is to you. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most. 
when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Yeah, it is. I appreciate that. It's, it's extremely important to, 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 to have that growth and improve and change, uh, develop, you know, um, just if I'm, man, I do some stuff in Charlotte, some business stuff, man, and I interact with people a lot. And I don't really interact with people a lot in that way, but I just get, uh, I do some housing um, down in Charlotte. Um, and the things that I see and the stories that I hear, and it really, it, it just, humans are so unique, right? Yes. And some of the things I do right before we was going there, I'm looking at one of my inspection reports on one of my units. And just like one of my units, man, there is crayons and paint on the ceiling of the unit. And I just remember I, this, this young lady and her child moved in my unit and provided her uh, she was she was transitioning out of something, so we provided her pots and pans, and, and uh, every unit I try to give my new tenant, give him a welcome mat. You know, your home. Mm-hmm. So there's a it's about a two or three year program that I do that I work with some 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 organizations down there, and um, they don't know it's my unit. So I have I have a management company, but at, either before or after doing the process, I always I'm hands on. So if it's a if it's a uh, remodel rehab. I'm in there looking, picking the paint. Um, mm-hmm. uh, right. If if the if the walls are detached, and I can see studs, and even in some of my new builds, in my new builds, on all my new builds, I got uh, 15 Bibles, and so the foundation of the slab of my buildings, and even in my own home, we got a Bible, and then my boys have done it, and then myself too, on the inside on the. Um, on the framework of it, we write some scriptures. We pick some of our favorite scriptures, mm-hmm. right? So even in my businesses, the foundation of the home is built with the Bible inside of it. And then we have scripture. And man, I just remember hearing the story of how elated she was receiving all this stuff to move into this new unit. Three years later, she on her way out. Bro, she left that place. It's just so disappointing. Mm-hmm. And I'm bringing this all up. It's like we could easily forget where we're where we came from in two, three years if we have a messed up perspective. Yeah. And that's a great reminder for me is I got to keep my perspective right. I got to understand mm-hmm. exactly where I came from, where I'm trying mm-hmm. to go. And am I doing things in between that gets me off course to that final destination? Man, that's great stuff. That is great stuff. Now, you're talking about giving people a chance, but also not being judgmental. Um, my mom no. man, had my mom has seven kids, man, before she was 25. Mm. She got kicked out of high school. Everyone told her she was a whore, a slut. She was mm. stupid. She would never do anything. Her kids wouldn't be nothing. And man, she went back and got her GED, man. Mm. And her 30s got her undergraduate. And her 40s got her master's. 
<laughs> like she was running stuff. So for me to, I always had an example what people with a chance can do because my mom. So for me, it was always close to my heart to be able to try to give back and be able to do things and to see other NFL players that have that same pool on them. It's that's the legacy that we have as players, mm -hmm. players 20, 30, 40 years ago. When they had this opportunity to stage, they did the best with it. Ahmad Rashad, he's one of my greatest role models ever on and off the field because of the broadcasting. He did well to see people like Steve Smith, Randy Moss, continue to live out that legacy, continue to do well. Question for you. Where okay. were you when you found out that you were one of the finalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame? And how did it make you feel? Oh, um, man, I was in the airport. Um, I don't know where I don't know where I was heading off to. Um, you know, every week is somewhere new. So I was in the airport and I found out. And so I group text uh, my kids, uh, my wife, my oldest, who's a uh, man that, that, that dude makes me so proud. My oldest son, he's 24, working for uh, he's a, a accountant too, working for TIAA Clef. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, so uh, living out on his own, and he's doing, man, just doing so well. I can see daughter. your face change. Like, your face, like, lit up. Yeah. <laughs> man, that's, hey, um, it's just amazing. You know, I was a rough dad, man. You know, I was, no, I was you're rough, a rough on dude, him. man. You're yeah, a rough dude, and, man. And so just to see him now, and he comes back, and he's like, Dad, I get it, right? right. And, but, but. You know, even my daughter, who's 20. So I got 24-year-old, 20-year-old, 60-year-old, uh, and then we got mm -hmm. a seven-year-old. So couldn't text him. So it was just all three of them and my <laughs> wife. Right. And just like, hey, um, you know, made to the Hall of Fame, a finalist. You know, we got a couple more steps. And so they're mm -hmm. like, hey, we, you know, we got this dad or, you know, whatever happened. So it's just kind of really fun because out of all my kids, right, Deuce only remembers Steve Smith Jr. He only remembers Baltimore, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, around my birthday or when I'm on TV, they show clips, and he's like, why is daddy, like, <laughs> what's that? Like, why? Yeah. What, what's that uniform? He only knows the Ravens and Purple and mm -hmm. the McHenry Tunnel, you know, going underwater in Baltimore in mm -hmm. the car. But the other kids, you know, my oldest, he was, he was a ball boy with me when I was in Carolina. And then my, you know, my six-year-old, he was about, you know, 12 or 11. He he got the opportunity to be a ball boy in Baltimore, mm -hmm. right? And so there were just a lot of things about my football career. My daughter, she was, when they do the cheerleader thing, she was a top cat, right? When they used right. to do that. So they've all, all of them, to some degree, have experienced my career at, my, at the fullest of my career. They've experienced it, been right there alongside of me. So that that's this part has been really cool mm -hmm. because they get it. Now, my 60 year old, sometimes he doesn't a little bit, even though he does, because he just kind of sees some stuff and he's like, oh, OK, because right now, you know, I'm just dad that's always on. Him. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Who is this guy? Yeah. I know. And I know so they think they think you're something special, but who's this guy on my back? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like he, I showed him some film one time and he kind of was like, oh, and you can see it clicking like, oh, OK. 
But it's so funny, 16, he remember being on the in the games, but sometimes he kind of give me that look like, man, dad, you ain't you don't you wasn't that great. Right. <laughs> Listen, don't show him the play on the field. Just get a microphone and a headset and let him listen to the mic'd up. Because he'll know that guy. <laughs> He's like, I know that voice right there. That guy right there. I know that guy. Yeah, that, man, that mic'd up stuff, man. I, I cringe. Oh, man. With all facts, man. All, all, all from the heart. And Steve, I got to tell you, and I am going to let you go. This has been one of my favorite segments, man, because this is real. This is not scripted, no, no, no. rehearsal. And you are truly, truly one of my favorite guys that have ever played this game. 26,000 men have played this game in 101 years. And I can tell you, I'm, I'm so excited to see the rest of your journey, not only in broadcasting, but in life with you and your family and your foundation, what you guys are going to do. And I can promise you this, man. I don't know when the knock is going to come, but a knock is going to come on your door, man. And one day, me and you are going to be teammates. And to be a part of that is truly, truly one of the special, special connections that you and I will have from here until Jesus comes. Man, I'm going to tell you something. I know I'm not supposed to say it like this, but look, they let this brother in. <laughs> it's going to be a gangster party. I'm going to tell you that right now. Oh, <laughs> hey, you know, you know, some of the, hey, you know, some of those folks that had a party and they had this. Look, we, we're going to hey. have all them folk that you don't want there. <laughs> hey, bro, I had Biz Marquis as my DJ. God rest Biz's soul. Biz used to have number 80 jerseys on no matter where he was performing. Doing TV shows everywhere around the world, man. He was a Chris Carter fan, and I did it exactly like that. For football mm -hmm. fans out there, fans of human beings, you got to be a fan of Steve Smith Sr. Steve Smith Sr., my guest on Wide Receiver One Blue Wire podcast presented by WinBet. Thank you, my brother. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Special thanks to Steve Smith, and you can catch him every Thursday on NFL Network, NFL Game Day Kickoff at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And thanks for listening to Wide Receiver One, a Blue Wire podcast presented by WinBet. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Chris Carter, and thanks for tuning in this season to WR1.